G'day listeners, welcome to Full Metal Movie Reviews, I'm your host Sam, we're back, we had a week off just to slow things down a minute and wait for some movies that we wanted to see come out, and uh, today we'll be talking about a couple of things, uh, first up, Atomic Blonde with uh, Charlie Theron, um, some Rick and Morty, and just some general news around Netflix. With me this week is Rob, how are you Rob? Good, good, good afternoon. <laughs> It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, so how's things, mate? Um, yeah, a bit, bit lazy today. Yeah, it's good. Nice That's, weather outside. It's actually really nice here too. It's like 24 oh, yeah. degrees and it's meant to be winter. So thank God for global warming. Yeah. Is it uh, like uh, shorts weather? or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, it's, you know when it's like the sun's out and it's perfect and there's a bit of breeze as well so you're not sweating? Like an animal? No, no one would be doing a Sunday sesh though in Adelaide. <laughs> Just like people need in Adelaide, people need like to, a guarantee that it's going to be good before they even organise anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And true. people aren't people aren't reactionary to it. Well, yeah, there's a footy game on as well, so I reckon everyone's probably just going to footy, eh? Yeah, go footy. <laughs> go footy. Get stuck on that bridge, eh? <laughs> um, yeah, I heard they're going to put some beach sand there and shit. Uh, yeah, so um, I think they got the idea from Brisbane. So in Brisbane, they got that river. Um, I can't remember. South Bank. Yeah, South Bank. And they got that beach yeah. set up. They've had that for like fucking 10 years. Eh? Yeah, but I, the thing is though, that the Torrens, the Adelaide River, is very different to that because that's like got fucking cars and poisonous algae. <laughs> so I don't know who'd want that sort of thing. I don't understand. Like, can you, like, are they putting sand there so that you can swim in the river? Well,. Why would you have sand next to a riverbed? Like, isn't it to assume you can swim in the river, right? So I, I'm a sh- I, I always thought you can't swim in that lake because of two reasons: one, it's unswimmable, and two, you'll die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, spot on. <laughs> well, isn't that why people used to push people in there? <laughs> well, <laughs> that, exactly right. Well, a couple of years ago, they drained it, and they they found like three cars. And like it's just it's just full of trash. It's yeah. Brown. I, I heard that a certain police force used to make problems go away with that river. <laughs> Ooh, controversial stuff. You heard it first here. It's an, this, this is Adelaide exclusive. <laughs> We're breaking it down. We're opening it up. Um. All right. Yeah. Sorry, well, besides the uh, weather news, um, I saw Atomic Blonde. Um. Oh shit! Actually, a while ago now. Um, alright, so I'll, I'll level you with this one. This one is a good movie. It's entertaining. It's um, got awesome action. Um, and it's got really good sort of casting. So you know how sometimes with action movies that are made kind of on the cheap, you get those like weird sort of um, like, you know, those B-grade actors that, that you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. This is, I reckon, it's all, a, it's all A-grade premium stuff. Everything about mm-hmm. this movie is sweet. Um, mm-hmm. Charlie Theron kicks ass. She's really good. Her character, I think I remember her name, um, Lorraine something. And James McAvoy, he's pretty good in it. Um, it's got John Goodman, you know what I mean? So it's got some A-grade um, actors. Mm-hmm. Fighting um, fighting sequences and is all spot on. The only thing this, this movie is, I don't know, it's a bit intense with the plot. So it's kind of set in um, the eighties, I think, and um, ah, yeah, yeah. I saw the trailer. It's coming back to me now. I saw the trailer for this a while back. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, and she's meant to be so Charlie Theron's character is like a MI six agent trying to find a guy who's got um a list of K K G B agents. Mm. Um, is it like a end of the Cold War sort of thing, a Berlin mm, sort of? Pretty much, yeah. 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 Um, but the only thing is, like, it's a bit too it tries to be a bit too smart for what it is, if that makes sense. So, yeah. like, um, you know how like Taken and John Wick have very simple premises, and you kind of don't really care about the the, the, the story; you're just enjoying the action. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ah. Uh, John Wick one, yes. John Wick two, nah. Yeah. Okay. Well, John Wick one, yeah. But I mean. Okay, when I say you don't care about the story, you kind of get the story and you're invested in it, but you don't, you're not like worried about, oh, you're having the rug pulled beneath you, if that makes sense. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, this one's got a bit, one, one too many twists and turns, I think, that make it. Just as a segue, John Wick's whole, like, you know, Baba Yaga, whatever it was called, whatever, <laughs> you know, that's, that's just like, oh, it's, it's so it's good, good when you can, like, like, they literally invented a new, like, type of, of, <laughs> Of action movie in my in my uh like you know how like the, it's almost like every great action movie created a cliche. Yeah, exactly. That created that cliche. It was so yeah. good. Well, this I I don't think it brings anything new. Um, so it's it's not like see, it's hard to like break down a movie like this because it's pretty ch- it's made on the cheap, only thirty million. Um, so it's kind of, and it's it is just an action movie. So the like the plot is like a pretty conventional spy story, but then it has a, one too many twists that make it a bit eh, um, and a bit harder to follow than it should be. Um, mm. But like, like I said, everything else is primo. The only thing I would probably say, like last week or last episode, um, Age and I were kind of like ranting on about how expensive it is to go to the movies in Australia. It's like twenty two bucks, right? Mm. This probably isn't a twenty-two buck film, if that makes sense. It's more like mm. a maybe like a seven-dollar rental off of like Google Play or iTunes. It's not a, it's not a film that you. It's hard to justify dropping twenty-five bucks, or if you're going with the missus or a date or the partner, like fifty too hard. bucks on it. Yeah, too hard to. Uh, it's just I don't know, too expensive generally. Yeah, well, what's it like in KO? What's it like if you wanted to go to a cinema with like nice legroom and stuff? Um. Hmm. Half 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 the price of that. Uh, maybe a quarter of the price of that. So twelve dollars fifty or something. I think I paid uh, eight bucks. Uh, let me just do the calculation. Um, I, I paid ten bucks basically for for two people. AUD. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking cheap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I think if I remember correctly. But is that like a good cinema, like a leather seats, leg room? Ah, it's okay. It's it's pretty like small the cinemas mm. and the uh, ice cold. Nice. Like, <laughs> like if you wear shorts in a Malaysian cinema, it's just like my god, it's freezing. <laughs> it's, it's like an ice box. <laughs> Why but, they do that? Because uh, it's so hot outside. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like everything's air conditioned in general, but the same mm. thing is like um, I think that you know put so many people in a if you if you put so many people in a room together with a projection screen and stuff. And you dial it in slightly wrong. Let's just say, like, you dial it in at room temperature, mm. then you're then fighting the heat of everyone. You've <laughs> got to have it dialed up sufficiently so that it it gets colder. And then by the end of the movie, it's fucking ice cold. Mm, you know true. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I guess I got to factor in the uh, the body heat of people sitting so close to each other. 
Yeah, because if you if you got it wrong, whereas um, you're just trying to keep it at 18 degrees and your regulator's not as good or whatever, mm. and there's too many people that come in and all that, it, it'll just get ridiculously hot really quickly. <laughs> well, so in Australia, that's safe. So that's like, so that's 10 AUD. That's not. That's kind of maybe half of one ticket if you're lucky. It's about 20 bucks Australian. I think one. I I think I paid 35 ringgit, which would be. Um, if I do the calculation right now today, it's ten point three Aussie dollars. Mm, okay. For two people. Yeah, so it's fucking it's ridiculous, right? For if you think mm. about it, so a movie like this, I mean, they obviously have to make it cheap because it's not going to make the the two hundred millions that in you know like a big Marvel movie would make. Mm. But it's definitely worth definitely worth your time, and you're definitely going to enjoy it. I know you enjoy this movie. You actually would really like it, and the soundtrack you really like too. Um, mm-hmm. but it's probably like a plane movie or a Netflix movie or even like a rental if you rent it off like Google Play it's definitely worth maybe six bucks you know what I mean mm. um, and if you have nothing else to do like on a lazy Saturday instead of podcasting you want to watch a movie this would be perfect I'm telling you you'd, li- you'd like this movie hands down you'd enjoy mm-hmm. it um, but it's not there's nothing really I mean, it's hard to dissect the movie but it's pretty much just a conventional spy slash probably more an action film than it is a spy film yeah right but the thing is though, like with spy films in general, how many have we got where it's all about like the knock list? You know how in fucking Mission Impossible, um, mm-hmm. the first one, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> the knock list, mm-hmm. and then in James Bond, uh, there was another one. I can't remember. I think it was uh, Skyfall. They had the agents list, mm-hmm. and this one here has a fucking another knock. Like it's all about the knock list. Like why yeah. are spy agencies continually listing all their? Stop ad- taking lists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, stop listing shit. Yeah. You know, like, like, why would you have one record base of all your active agents? Why would you do that? Yeah, like, uh, like, like, I don't know, like, I don't have 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 some sort of like nondescript way of putting it all together yeah, or some exactly. shit. Like, instead of just like, oh yeah, fucking, it's I'm, I'm, it's on someone's desktop as well. I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know it's like it's so so it's such a boring list. They get an intern to do it or something. <laughs> you know, he doesn't know what he's looking at. Oh shit! That, that, that's always that always buzz like I think that's just a lazy, lazy sort of uh, screenwriting with that one. I think they can everyone can do better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. But um, yeah, okay. I don't know if I rating system. I don't know. Fucking seven and a half out of ten. You know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it how's just, the music in it? Uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty spot on. I mean, um, you definitely want that type of movie to have a sweet soundtrack. Do you yeah, think? no, it's it's pretty spot on. It's more like a it's an '80s contemporary like '80s thing. So the the track's pretty it's, it's pretty sweet. You like it? Mm. You like it? Mm. Yeah, this is right up your alley. Like, I'm kind of over the superhero thing. So this was kind of like a, a really well, it was a good sort of switch of pace, switch of gears, I guess. Um, so it was good to just see like a conventional action woman, um, or action film, sorry. Um, so that was fun. So yeah, and I, I, I like we're kind of cut from the same cloth where we like probably prefer action films over superhero films. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's good to see like we like the sweet one-liners and the sweet action set pieces. You know what I mean? So yeah, mm-hmm. you would definitely like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's I mean that's about around about Atomic Blonde. So that's uh, that's pretty much it for this week, listeners. Thank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, go check that one out. Worth the time, probably not worth the ticket price of a movie, but definitely worth your time. Um, all right, sweet. Next one, next one to talk about. Um, maybe you want to sh- 
just talk about we were we I was going to go see um, Dark Tower because uh, Dave is a pretty big Stephen King fan. He's read a, a couple, well, not a big fan, but he's read a couple of the books. But um, yeah, the reviews really put me off this thing. So what happened was um, they made it, and then they had those um, screen testers, and the screen testers all came back negative, and then they spent like another six million trying to reshoot it and chop it together, and. This book is like, God, like a three thousand page epic, and they wow. kind of and they kind of try yeah, and they kind of try to fit it into like, an, they cut this film down to an hour and a half. So apparently it's it's a turd. So um, mm. that's why I didn't get a movie last week because I wasn't going to sit through. How do you make a movie so bad though? I think it's I think it just comes down to um, the director just 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 basically not having a clear vision of of what he wants to tell. Mm. So if you ever, have you ever, if you ever, have you ever read the Dark Tower books by Stephen King? No, nah, me neither. But apparently, it's like, um, yeah, it's like a three thousand page. It's an epic saga, right? Mm-hmm. And it's about. It's meant to be about a gunslinger and this guy in the black suit who's meant to be like the devil or something. And the gunslinger is like constant good versus evil sort of, you know, battle, right? Mm-hmm. And how they're kind of stuck in a time loop that just will ever forever play out. Mm-hmm. But then I guess they haven't in the movie they got this interpretation of a kid who can access that that dimension where the gunslinger is and the gunslinger's got to stop the man in black from taking over earth. So it was kind of like a bastardization of of Stephen King's work. Mm. So it's it's back to your point. I guess it's they they make a film but they don't make it for the fans. They try to hedge their bets to get people who wouldn't necessarily see a sci-fi slash fantasy movie, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah, when you do that, it never works. No, nah, it never works. Just just stay true to the original, and if it's a good book, people will, like, the, the barrier to entry isn't the fact that the storyline is shit or whatever. The mm. barrier to entry is the fact that most people don't read fiction like that, right? Yeah, exactly. People, I mean, c- comparing two groups of people, using the word most, I mean, like, the, the group of people that would go watch a movie is larger than the people that would read the book. You know? Mm. Well, it's like, I guess, yeah, exactly right, but, I mean... If you play it for the those people that would read the book, though, and you make it the best adaption of that book as possibly as you possibly can, mm-hmm. surely wouldn't that be better than making a turd? <laughs> like, well, it's like it's like the Godfather, right? Yeah. Like the 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 Godfather book is different to the movie, but the movie's pretty close mm. to the book. Mm. Um, they just neglected to put in some scenes, I would say. But technically, the, the, the book is pretty much the same, right? Actually, you want to hear something funny? Yeah. Um, I was watching on YouTube, uh, the Tribeca Film Festival got the, the cast of The Godfather 1 plus Robert De Niro together to talk mm-hmm. about um, you know, how The Godfather came, came about and everyone's experiences. So it's pretty much um, James Caan, Robert Duvall, uh, Al Pacino, um, Diane, sorry, Diane Keaton, is that her name? And yeah. um, Talia Shire... And yeah, Rob and Bob, Bob De Niro, Al Pacino. So they were just talking about it, and um, oh, and obviously the director Coppola. And Coppola goes, oh, I, when I, he saw this book on the list, uh, bestsellers list, and he picked it up and he started to read it, and he thought it's not a very good book. <laughs> he actually didn't yeah. like the book because he said um, he what he did was, as you said, he pretty much took the best parts of the book mm. and made it made it true to that source material. Because apparently he said a lot of the book has like a lot of stuff about you know just like obviously sex and you know things to make it, um, you know I guess 
Yeah, they go they go full in character development. I haven't yeah, read yeah. it in ages, but I and I never read the full thing. But yeah. like, I, they went huge in character development for characters that don't even really get shown in the movie. Yeah, so then he he kind of just trimmed the fat, so to speak. So yep. why couldn't they apply that same mythology to every other book adaption? So like this case, right? Why couldn't they just go? Okay, so it's pretty hard to make a, a I don't know two hour movie out of something that's literally three thousand pages. So let's maybe mm-hmm. maybe block it, as in let's make it, let's try to block it the movies in terms of what stories we want to te- tell, or like target a component of the story that you want to tell, trim the fat and then just make it make that. Like why is that so difficult? Why are book adaptions adaptions so difficult? Mm-hmm. It's because it has to be the studio involvement, right? It has to be the studio saying no, 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 you gotta you gotta have the X, Y, and Z, otherwise people won't come see it. But then. You just get a bastard version of what you start out with, and nobody sees it. Yeah, nah, it's stupid. So, wouldn't it be better this... to take the punt just to make the movie adaption as truthful as possible, but, and then take um, the punt? You know, at the end of the day, um, they're probably going to make money out of this, right? Well, let's have a look. Actually, I said so they lost. They lost. Uh, well, okay. So, just yeah, like okay. So, if they did something cheap, like Atomic, so Atomic Blonde was made for like thirty million, and it's made like fifty. Right, so it's pure profit, right? Bingo, right? Mm, mm, mm. So let's have a look at Dark Tower. I'm going to look this up. Sorry if you can hear my keyboard. I don't have my iPad with me. Yeah, the, the, the first thing, um, business side of the Dark Tower wins the w- weekend box office despite horrible reviews. See, oh, there you go. This is where it's going to have to result in some sort of crash in oh, the industry, no right? Oh, shit. So Dark Tower yeah. wasn't made for that much money. It's only made for $60 million. Well, There you go. And box office is so far to date, 37 So, So if you're... If you're like judging the quality of a mm. movie based on the um, the storyline and everything, right? Um, mm. I would say uh, that's not really compatible with how the market operates. The quality of the movie is based purely on the on the on the revenue input revenue and uh, input uh, cost and output revenue and profit. It's like this is a success, right? Mm. Well, I don't know though because the thing is though with movies these days, that's probably true. But the thing mm-hmm. with movies these days is, if you don't smash your opening weekend, mm-hmm. you like you won't make your money back because the longevity of film is probably what three weeks at most. Yeah, but it, it sort of reminds me about when like ET came out on the um, Atari or whatever the fuck it was. Right? Yeah, I just it just got to the point where people were just making utter shit, yeah. and uh, people people said after I spent money on this, I'm not going to another. I'm not going to go buy another game. Unless I'm guaranteed it's 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 true to its story, it's true to its whatever, right? Mm. So I don't know, maybe maybe we're 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 waiting for that to occur in the movie industry. I probably doubt it will happen though. I reckon it will though. I reckon. You reckon so, it will? I, so, but what are you fundamentally saying is it'll get to a point where there's too much shit and then nobody goes to movies, right? Yeah. I reckon. Well, this ties into what we're going to talk about a bit later on with how Netflix and how they operate. So, mm-hmm. if you took out Atomic Blonde, if that came out straight to to like an online video on demand, I'd be so much happier to pay even 12 bucks or whatever than opposed to 20 because if you look at the movies that do well, it's all the, the ones that you're guaranteed to get a stand or a reasonable standard of product like Marvel, like they like Disney, you know what I mean? Mm. So I think people have so much money to spend on these films because it's one so expensive. So they want to they want to hedge their bets that they're going to have a good time and enjoy it. So that's why they these franchises are smashing it at the moment. And mm. that's why it's hard to get like unique stories out, or, or you know what I mean, or in you know different types of stories out. So everyone just keeps hashing 
they're all same old um, like stuff from the 80s and properties from the 90s. So people say, oh, yeah, I know that, that I enjoyed that. I probably will enjoy this. So I'll go, I'll go see it. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah. So long story short, I, the reviews put me off, and I just I'm not I can't be <laughs> sorry, I can't be bothered sitting, sitting through a shitty movie and then talking about how shitty a movie is because nobody enjoys that. I don't enjoy shitting on a movie for like 40 minutes. What's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So if basically what it came down to, Atomic Blonde or Dark Tower, go see Atomic Blonde, hands down. Hands down. Hands down. And just on, the, just on another note, Godfather 1 or Godfather 2, which is your favourite? Hmm. Godfather 2. No, get out of town. Get out of town. How can, you, how can you sit there and tell me Godfather 2 is better than Godfather 1? They're both good. But, ugh. Oh. Just, uh, the second one just just covers so much, such a broad spectrum of stuff. Like you know, I reckon the the second one is like the more you watch it, it's just uh, the more you more you see uh, it's just a um, huge huge pulling together of a massive storyline and a explaining everything and yeah, it's really good. You know what I like? I awesome, like, ca- awesome characters, awesome I'm, acting. I would like if it, if they had someone could like. I'm, I'm sure it's out there. If someone could cut the two stories apart from Godfather Two, so then you, what you fundamentally had fundamentally had like a prequel in on the in the Vito Corleone stuff from Godfather Two. Watch that, then watch the Godfather, and then watch the Michael Corleone stuff from Godfather Two, and have mm-hmm. like that as the trilogy, mm-hmm. as opposed to having Godfather One, Two, and the, and the shitstorm that was Number Three. Do you reckon? Um, yeah. What do you reckon? Do you reckon- do you reckon that the third movie, right, was more to do with the storyline or the acting? Uh, I think one, the storyline wasn't that compelling, mm-hmm. um, and two, I think the acting was pre-average. So if you swapped out Andy Garcia, right? No, nah, he wasn't the problem with that film. Andy Garcia was fine. I didn't mind well, this character. If you swapped him out and the daughter out, mm. and potentially the son, do you reckon, with, with better actors, do you reckon they could have been a pass? Or do you reckon yeah, the storyline? Oh, it definitely would have been a pass because. I think the there's the the whole love story with um, his daughter and uh, his um, Andy Garcia's character. That I don't really. I mean, I don't know. That's probably the least liked aspect of a pretty average film. Yeah. So the whole Zaza thing, I think that could have been done well. Like, I reckon they should have probably focused on on Colleone, um, Michael Colleone trying to con- hold on to power, as opposed to transition to to whatever he was with the. With the the papacy, wasn't he trying to cut by their real real estate business? Yeah, or something? Or something yeah. Like that. yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, so I've only seen that movie like once or twice. But you're definitely right. If you took his basically the actors that played Michael Collion, Michael Collion Jr. or whatever his name is, and then Sophia, uh, Sophia Coppola, his daughter, if you took them out, put better actors in, mm. potentially you could probably get a pass mark. But the story is still boring, though. To be honest with yeah. you, still still a lame story. I, I yeah I don't know Garcia doesn't do it for me. What, what, why what, why? I don't know every 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 role he ever plays is just a deep, him putting on a deep voice that's not his natural <laughs> voice. <laughs> but don't I don't you reckon that we a better story a better story arc if you had the the the, the flashbacks and how that was the number or well, the prequel and then number one and then you had the sequel with the oh the story's fantastic yeah mm-hmm. of course probably would have been better yeah definitely better than the third one. You know well you know why I don't like number two. Why? You don't like number two? No, sorry. Okay, I'll rephrase that. I like number two less than number one. Why? Brando. Mm. So I like, I, I really like Brando, Brando in, um, in, in number one. 
and I should I should quantify that number two is an awesome film, and it's like trying to say which work of art is better than the other. They're both fantastic pieces of of filmmaking, mm-hmm. but I like number one better, and I like seeing the transition of Michael from going from like an innocent sort of you know war hero wants to be a senator, I don't know, whatever, to, and then to see him fall into this world of uh, deceit, deception and just, you know, chaos mm, mm, and making mm. that transition to the Don, it's like, mm. it's really good. Yeah. But and see, I, and I, I love how it was like from the from the end as well, you know, he was born for it as well. Yeah, ex- and exactly. You know? Like he, he, he his, his father wanted him to stay away from it, but he was just born for it because he didn't. But in doing that, in doing that, he made him perfect for it because everyone else who wanted to get in on it was just hot headed and and like <laughs> just d- didn't think out their moves. No, and it makes sense. It was just it makes sense that um like how it played out is like oh well then Michael has to. It's kind of like a hierarchy thing. It kind of has to go to Sonny because he's the firstborn, but he can tell he's going to be a terrible don because the guy it's too easy to play someone that has those sort of anger management issues. Yeah. And exactly. then Fredo is just just an idiot, you know what I mean? So mm. it's like, well, he would make a terrible don because he's just an idiot. Mm. And then Michael's like the perfect rational person, and you can see it. And that's what I love when he goes when they're all sitting around, and he says, uh, and he's t- and he's trying to convince everybody of his plan to kill um McGag- that that cop. I think it's McKagan or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, Hagen is it? Hagen or something? No, no, no. Hagen's um Robert Duvall's character. But he's, Tom um, Hagen, sorry, yeah, yeah. The, 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 what's the what's the cop's name? I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember his name. He, he's and he's just saying, "Come on, Michael. You nobody's ever killed a cop before." And he's like, "I'm talking about a crooked cop." And then how he's going to use the guys on the reporters on the payroll to say how he was, you know, the cop he killed was a bad cop, and sort of spin it that way. And you can just see mm-hmm. his wheels turning about how he's planning out the murder of Salazzo and this mm-hmm. cop. And that scene there, it was like, um, it's just like, oh man, like, you know what I mean? It's fucking amazing. There, Lukaski, that's it. It's it's amazing. And then the other scene I really like the the most is um, when um, basically um, they're they're sitting in the backyard, him, uh, Al Pacino, so Mark Corleone and Vito Corleone, and they're discussing like the strategy of whoever comes first with you with this meeting is the is the traitor. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like you can you can tell that the brains of Vito Colleone has passed down to 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 Michael Colleone, and that that line of succession has become very clear. And then that Vito Colleone has some guilt over that because he knows mm. that Michael Colleone could have been a judge or whatever. He could have been like an honest person that would have helped the family in a different capacity and mm. not put his life, his own life, at risk. Mm-mm. So that's why I just really like that um, that portrayal. And then I think my favorite part of Godfather's Two is the um, the Michael Corleone stuff in in um, Cuba with Fredo and that. I just I don't know. I just enjoy that more than the flashback sequences. Mm. Um, but I mean, Robert De Niro did a good job. Like I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but I'm just I don't know. I just, I just enjoy the Michael Corleone storyline story arc more. Oh, is number two when he finds out that K. Um, had an abortion because she found out it was a son. Yeah, and she yeah. did that to take away his son to stop the mm. uh, Sicilian heritage or whatever. Mark, and he just loses it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, that's so good. That's a very good scene in that film too. How did he not win a, an Oscar for that? Jesus Christ! Apple yeah, I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Um, um, the, 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 I'm just happy the fact that like 
I, I really appreciate it when a sequel can be as good uh, or better than uh, the first one. If you know what I mean, like, For sure. um, I love it when that that they can they can achieve that. Yeah, oh, that 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 that's very rare, very mm. rare. Like you think about in, in since film began, it's very rare where that a sequel outshines or yeah brings anything new to to um, a movie. Mm. Mm. That, was, that was some good surprise Godfather chat for your listeners. Oh. Alrighty, so um, the next thing we want to talk about, I guess, is um, we're Rick and Morty. So. Big Rick and Morty fans. Um, we we you know we know this is a movie review show, but to be honest, there's not a lot of movies out, so we might as well talk about season three, um, the first couple of episodes of Rick and Morty, um, and just how we're finding them. So, Rob, how did you, you enjoy Pickle Rick? Oh, so good, <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> did, was that your favorite episode of season three to date? Uh, yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, for, in ranking it in order, it's it's better, but the set the first episode of the season was the be- was the second best. So first episode of the season was the se- okay. Yeah. You know the the escape from the council of Ricks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that that was a fantastic episode as well. Like, I don't know how uh, these guys do it. So I don't know how they're gonna um write him out of jail. Like that was amazing how they did that. You get you get surprised along the whole way, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. When he when he's like seeing uh when when his uh the death in the garage and then he's like writing the thing down and then the guy's like looking at you know, beaming back the uh the, the <laughs> message and he just dropped over the forest. It's like the whole time like because of the way he's like acting and stuff and because of the music you're thinking that Rick's actually caving here. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking psych yeah. But I got a, I got a theory, I think Rick is actually God. You reckon? Yeah. He's God. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it, I think, think that's, that? what they, that's what they're getting at. Because it's just, he's he's the, the best of all the Ricks, right? And there's nothing, yeah. like, he, he can never ever be outsmarted. Or... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, and that, that, that whole thing is when the, he's like, when the virus just gets uploaded, it's just like, oh, you genius. Like, you mm. think he's cracking, you, you think you're going to find some sort of humanity. It's like, mm-hmm. no. Nah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go take a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 all right. I like, um... The best thing I like about the third episode with Pickle Rick is that he's literally willing to go to that extreme and make himself a pickle and have <laughs> just avoid therapy. Yep, yep. And then when that whole sequence of events turns out, he's like, all right, I've got to get myself out of here. And it's just <laughs> the way he does it and the transition to the to the whole Russian embassy scene at the end of the, of the episode, is that's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just has a game plan for everything. I love it. And he's like, wants the rat to come out. Come on, rat. Come on. Takes the rat's body, transforms it, makes him an exoskeleton out of rat parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucking, it's hilarious. It's amazing. It's probably, would you say it's probably the most original show on TV at the moment? Yeah, it's so original. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, Imagine, con- uh, how, how do they like, it's just like sort of sitting around. They're just like, all right, what are we going to do? Season three, running ideas. Or what about Rick somehow turns himself into a pickle? <laughs> all right. I like it. Like where you're going. <laughs> I like the um. I can't. I don't know if I if I got them on Twitter, but the the guys, the, the creators of the guys are just like drunk, so they just get wasted when they oh, write. Perfect job. Yeah, and they just it, it's just it's just hilarious. Like the, the stuff they come up with. Um, it has a lot. Like it has a lot of pop culture references, but then just it just goes in directions that you don't think of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's very. It's very refreshing to see a TV series, which is a cartoon, pretty much, just just take you 
unexpectedly. Like, it's very, very rare for him to get anything like that nowadays. Mm-hmm. And whilst being funny and entertaining. And the thing yeah. I like the most about it is that these episodes are only around 21 to 22 minutes. And it's just balls to the wall for the whole 22 minutes. Yeah. There's no there's no fluff. There's no, you know what I mean? Yeah, they keep it all nice and tripped. And, and I guess is when they want to have fluff is that they get Jerry on and it's like, yeah, and then they make fun of, yeah, this is Jerry. Don't be all they, Jerry. All they, yeah, all they do the um the uh, intergalactic cable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> why I was jouting. I hope they have another one of those in episode. Mm. Oh, so good. So I reckon this season is probably been, probably my most enjoyable, to be honest, to, to date. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's the only bummer about it is that because I didn't know about Rick and Morty probably until like last year or whatever. So I could ca- catch up on the whole two series. Mm. Um, but now I have to wait week by week and that just sucks. Yeah, it's I know. I, I'm sort of suffering that with Game of Thrones as well, to be honest. Yeah, I can't wait. I just I just want to watch it, you know. The problem with Game of Thrones is that um, if I could if I could switch off anything to do with Game of Thrones on my social media device, then i just not watch it and just watch them all at the end. Did you, um, did you read anything about the leaks? No, what's that? So do you know how they got hacked? Oh, I, I saw something about that, but I, I, I've been intentionally not wanting to know, right? Well, what, so what yeah. happened? So what, don't, don't ruin anything. No, I'm not going to. No, no way. But what, what happened was, um, so they got hacked and they stole like a terabyte's worth of data from their servers. Yeah. And we're talking not only Game of Thrones, it was like Bowlers and Insecure, some other HBO TV shows. Plus, like personal information on the actors and stuff. So a knock list, HBO's knock list, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, they um, they released the f- episode four like a couple of days earlier, and I, I think they do have episode five. And what they're pretty much saying is now you have to pay a ransom of like seven million. Otherwise, we're going to release everything, wow. um, including like the actors' personal details. Um, wow. So, and I think it's like, I'm talking like banking um, details where they get paid, their, their addresses, um, everything, all right? Um, so, anyway, out of part of that is um, the, the script leaks for season seven. Mm-hmm. And and I was, just because I was like, had I was like I was a junkie. I just couldn't stop myself from going on Reddit and reading all the leaks. You know, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. And it's like, you know you're spoiling yourself, but I just wanted that immediate fix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's just, it's like, I've been conditioned with Netflix now where, I, where I'm enjoying a TV series that I just want the option to to have it all at once available to me. Yeah. I don't want to wait. And odds are that I'm fine with waiting, knowing that I can watch it at any time. But when I can't, when I have to wait those six days until the next episode, you just, you know what I mean? You just want fucking, it sucks. Those six days suck. It's like we gave into the addiction of it, right? Yeah. So exactly. when you know when you know it's not possible, um, you don't care. But now that you've you've been treated to it, you just want it every time. Yeah, yeah. But that's so, good though, because it's like this. Literally, like what the demand is, right? So I assume that they'll all change. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I don't know really, because we'll, I mean, we'll get to that. That's again, this kind of ties into our last part about Netflix and and their business model, but. I think there is, if you make something good and you tease it out week by week, I would that not be more profitable because, you, like you said, you're just giving everybody a taste every week as opposed to blowing your load all at once? Well, like, okay, if you, it, all, it all comes down to how you give it to the consumer. So if you can um, get an exclusive deal, right, 
Um, mm. But like, let's just say somehow that changed, then the comp- competition would be like how to give it the, the, in the most preferable way to your consumer. Mm. So I, I just think in that regard, there might we might see a shift as time goes on with with that, right? Because everything seems to be really tied up with uh, licensing. And um, yeah, that's yeah, that's good and, and and when you tie things up, people find ways to to get it to you anyway, right? So think about like I've often thought about this, right? So Game of Thrones, right? They obviously um, make a lot of money because it's so popular, um, and, and then they try and uh, recuperate money lost to um, down, illegal downloads and stuff. Um, but if just say it was available on Netflix. Um, for ten dollars a month, and you, you've paid for everything. Um, do you reckon they'd make more money with with a smaller per per um, per sale revenue, but a larger sale base? Um, well, I know in the states it's available on iTunes um, and HBO Go. Pretty much the episode it uh, straight after it airs, but in Australia mm-hmm. because of Foxhole and the licensing. Foxtel won't let it go on Netflix until like a couple weeks after or like until mm-hmm. the season's actually been played. Mm-hmm. So I would argue that I would argue that the HBO's model, I mean that could potentially be the case that they do make more money, but I think HBO's model where they're just like a premium cable subscriptions or like a premium cable channel where you got to pay an extra 15 bucks to get added to your cable package would probably be more profitable under their 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 current structure because they can define viewership by the number of people who are adding their packages. And then the thing is of, with that model though is that mm. you, you need to be fleecing uh, HBO yeah. and then, you know, because you, you need HBO to pay a significant amount of money for that privilege. Well, right. then, but, but then it comes down to what, 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 what is HBO? So HBO is just a channel on... Um, a cable service. So, mm-hmm. do they want to then transition to being an online service like Netflix or what? I assume so, I assume HBO's got like a web-based, uh, sorry, app-based and all that. Yeah, so HBO could, Go, I think it's called. HBO yeah, so, so yeah. that's that's what people would be using. I mean, like I I had I had um the cable TV here and I got mm. Game of Thrones whenever it would come out, but yeah, uh, it was just like going in and finding it on the stupid. Uh, like the you press the TV guide button and then like you got to go through and scroll and find where it would be and then be like okay I want to click that save mm-hmm. it when it when it plays yeah. and I can't download it I can't download it earlier and uh, watch it when it comes out and just fucking like watch it from the thing I have to like go in and find it and then once it yeah. starts playing it starts okay. downloading recording you know so it's kind of like that that is just lame right because it's too hard whereas if I had an app that was just like Netflix right. Hey Rob, you can watch Game of Thrones now, and then I just click on it. Mm. Then, or I can click on it at any point in time I want and get it. Then, that's more consumer friendly to me. Yeah, um, yeah, probably. But okay, so what would you be willing to pay for that a month? Um, for hate just for HBO stuff, I'm talking. That's the thing. I, I got to see what I got to th- see what HBO offers because it's it's, it's a bit like um, let's let's use an example of the Grand Tour, tour right on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime mm-hmm. right. I'm not switching Amazon Prime for that show. You know, but if Amazon Prime had everything else right and that that was on it, then then I'd probably be like, yeah, shit. I'd, it, me 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 subscribing to a uh, network or distribution 
channel for media is not going to hinge on one show. Well, all right. So maybe we'll just jump into it. So, okay. So everyone check out Rick and Morty Season 3. It's hilarious. It's dynamite. So what Rob's talking about is how pretty much the licensing has fragmented the market in terms of online platforms. Um, so this week we had a bit of news around Netflix or a lot of news around Netflix. So Netflix is, I'll give a, a very, try and be as succinct as brief as possible. So, okay, so it comes out, so Netflix is the number one platform provider. It's got about 100 million subscri- subscribers, which is, it dominates the market worldwide for subscriptions, right? Um, but the LA, according to the LA Times, it's actually accumulated 20.54 billion of debt um, to make its content. So it's pretty heavily leveraged, right? Um, and out of that, so we see probably um, some shows get cancelled because obviously maybe trying to rein in spending. But to date, it's making a lot. It's probably making the most out of all the online platforms combined. Um, Two point seven nine billion in revenue for the last quarter. So it is making um, a substantial amount of revenue. But when it comes to its operating costs and um, production budgets, it's getting blown out of the water. Hence the leveraging and using debt to pay for all that, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the stock price is still pretty high because people obviously see the potential of eventually they'll stop spending and they'll have built a, I guess, a premium brand or recognized brand that people will watch their shows, but they don't have to put out as much as new content as they have in the past year. Um, so, but a, a big part of Netflix's model that it does license from other production houses. So, um, say for instance, um, Orange is the New Black. It's badged as a Netflix show, but it's actually made by, I think, Lionsgate. So what they do is they get the license. So they let a production house make it and then they license it or buy the exclusive license rights and badge it as their show. So that apparently is a pretty expensive thing to do because what you're effectively saying is I'm the only one that can show this show. Um, So you're paying a premium for that sort of thing. So that's why I think they're transitioning to becoming more of a production house and making their own stuff because that way they don't have to pay the high licensing fees. Um, and then I guess out of that comes the fact that Disney pull, it has made the call, I'm not sure if you heard this, Rob, to pull its movies and its um, TV shows from Netflix uh, and have its own subscription service by 2019. Wow. So, so Disney, um, we're talking Pixar, um, Disney films, Star Wars, Marvel, they're, they're all going to be pulled from Netflix and in 2019 it will be on its own platform along with um, sports from the, I think Disney own ESPN. I think that's the sports they own, perhaps. And they're going to have their own sort of like monthly subscription thing. This is the thing, right? Like I can see, um, uh, I, I think I think what is going to happen is from the consumer point of view, you're not going to go out and spend $10 a month on 10 different um, networks right because you're going to want only want to spend you're going to say how much do i want to spend in my media mm. like, how much time do i have to watch media how much do i like media so you're going to say okay i'm going to spend maybe 10 to 30 bucks or whatever it is per person right on yep. average so if if they divide up all of the media and decentralize it to different things it could yep. be good in some regards because then you get comp- competition and how to deliver it to people how to deliver it faster how to deliver it better um, people like Disney because they do this. People like whatever else because it does this. Or Netflix is still doing the way they always used to. Yeah. Or I, I like different rating systems or whatever, right? So they compete on experience. But at the same time, you're only going to spend whatever the average consumer wants to spend. So I would say that the more they divert, that the more they fragment it, the less each uh, thing is just going to make. I, I don't think Disney 
Disney's going to pull away and be like, okay, well, we have some some heavy hitting uh, stuff that people want to buy. Are people really going to go if they're already forking out ten for Netflix or twenty bucks for Netflix? Are they really going to go? Here's another twenty bucks for Disney. Well, that's so I can watch some fucking Marvel show every fucking whatever. Well, that's that's what I'm saying though, because like. If you well, okay. If you look at it, so the current cable packages, right, or the mm-hmm. pay TV packages, is about eighty bucks a month to get an entertainment package, maybe a few sports channels, and you probably in Australia it's probably one hundred twenty to get everything. So that's one hundred twenty so bucks a month. Huh? So expensive, and that's I don't know if it includes HG because that's how Foxtel and Rupert Murdoch gouge their customers. Mm. But it's about let's just say it's, let's just say it's hundred bucks. So what you're effectively doing is you're taking that hundred bucks and then you're splitting that up. As opposed to having one person with all those channels, you're going to have Disney, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Netflix, um, HBO Go, see uh, so like there's just so many now, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it comes down to the point of content. Content is king. It comes down to you just said you're not going to go subscribe to a platform or an online uh, media whatever platform provider based on one show. You it'd have to be based on a series of things that you like or you're willing to pay for. Otherwise, you're just going to go find it. Yeah, elsewhere. and and ninety percent of the content on uh, either of these will probably be the same, right? Except for mm. the exclusive shit, right? Which isn't going to be a big because uh, no one no one's going to go just buy Netflix, uh, just buy Disney, just for a couple of. Well, that's what I mean because it doesn't really make sense from. Well, I guess it makes sense from Disney's perspective because they see what did I say? So they see. Netflix making two point something billion, two point seven nine billion revenue last quarter, and they're thinking, well, we don't have to leverage as hard as they do, so we can do this. But okay, I'm gonna write, I'm gonna spit out some Netflix originals, right? So Netflix has been around, I think, in terms of mainstream for maybe four years. In, in terms of like House of Cards and whatever, making their own stuff mm-hmm. for four years, and in those four or four, maybe I don't know, maybe longer, six years, I don't know, whatever. Just in our recent memory, right? And you look at the Netflix originals. They got House of Cards, Stranger Things, Orange Is New Black, Master of None, BoJack Horseman, Thirteen Reasons Why, Narcos, Making a Murderer, um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Last Chance You, The Crown, Glow. So there's actually some of those shows there that you'd argue have probably a really big impact on sort of the the pop culture, I guess. Like um, Stranger Things. How good was that? Everyone was talking about Stranger Things pretty much. Oh, there's heaps of chunking. epic, epic shows, yeah? epic stuff. Yeah. So, if Nef- so, my point is, so if Disney released their own platform in 2019, besides having their Star Wars and Marvel sh- movies, are you really going to pay 19 bucks or 20 bucks? Like, you would have to. Like, I don't see anyone really willing to be subscribers to that unless you get some sort of primo content. They've got and to ramp what, it up, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And by 2019, they're not going to have any TV shows. Or you wouldn't think they'd have that many TV shows that could be better than what Netflix has given you. Unless right? unless they've got um, shitloads of Star Wars content and shitloads of other content that you, we don't even know about right now that they're planning, like a Star Wars miniseries or something. Oh, yeah, okay, Star Wars TV then, show or something. Then if, the, if, if they could do that or... Um, you know, Aladdin or something, whatever's like, uh, yeah. you know, like, unless they're just going to basically up the content massively, then I can see it being a success. But then again, it's like Disney has pigeonholed itself a lot into the whole child children's uh, sort of sphere, right? Yep. Um, so, I don't know, like, maybe, maybe 
I, for for what I know about Disney right now, I don't see that they would have heaps of content other than the big Star Wars stuff. Star Wars would probably be a massive draw for sure. Oh, and probably Marvel. They could do some Marvel TV shows. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at the moment, um, I'm not sure how this is going to play out, but Netflix have got Daredevil, um, The Defenders. Um, I don't like, know how successful that stuff is, though, but I guess it's still content. Well, I mean, Marvel is pretty... The, the, sorry, the um, Daredevil series is really good, number one and two. Mm-hmm. Was, have you seen that on Netflix? No, I haven't. haven't I'd actually recommend that for you. Daredevil, Daredevil season one and two is actually really good. Okay. Um, Jessica Jones was okay. Luke Cage was okay. Oh, yeah, Luke, okay. Um, but Iron Fist was terrible. So they've got another one coming out, another series called The Defenders. Um, so we don't know how that's going to impact because um, Marvel might just, well, sorry, Disney might just stop any further production and then transition those shows to Disney's channel, well, which maybe, I guess makes sense. Maybe they've got a business case now, like less risky business case, I should say, right? Um, because maybe the, the um, ratings for those shows... Are probably high on the list of ratings. Like, um, you you rank all shows per ratings on Netflix, right? From yep. most rated to less rated, or like most viewed to less viewed, right? They've probably looked at that list and said that the, the Disney shows are skewed high in that list. Therefore, if we tomorrow split it, we would be making X amount of dollars. Maybe oh, that's sure. Yeah, maybe that's, that's the, exactly what they've done, right? That's exactly what they've done. They exactly yeah. what they've done because Netflix don't release um, their um, viewership numbers, um, so they re- they release subscriber numbers, but they don't actually release the breakdown of who watches what. Yeah, because um, I'm not exactly sure what is. There, there could be a lot of Disney shows that I'm not aware of on Netflix, and um, there could uh, also be like uh, yeah, um, the Seeps dude, the yeah, kids shit. There's like there's. So there's all the Pixar movies, there's pretty much all the Pixar movies, yep. the Disney animation movies, um, the Disney TV shows, like Mickey Mouse TV shows. Uh, there's also um, like Star Wars is on there, Rogue One and um, Force Awakens. Yep. Marvel, like pretty much every Marvel movie because Netflix had its um, exclusive rights to those movies. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, you know, Civil War, um, Avengers, all that. That's all on there. Um Wish I could yeah. see the viewer statistics because yeah, uh, exactly. that would that'd answer this immediately. Yeah, exactly. So what you yeah. what you you've broke it, you've hit it in a nutshell. Like that's what they've done. They said, well, everyone's probably paying to watch our stuff. Mm. Let's just cut out the middleman. Yeah, and go direct. But my point is though, yeah, that may be true. If you want to watch a movie, and you just like you're just chilling at home, and you just want to watch a movie. Odds are you probably pick a Disney movie to watch because yeah, fair enough. But I would argue that I didn't buy Netflix to watch Disney, I bought it to watch their content. So, like, um, you remember, have you seen Making a Murderer? Uh, a little bit. I saw yeah. the first one, Steve and Everyone. It's pretty good. Yeah, Steve Everyone. Everybody was talking about that. Stranger Things, like, you know, BoJack Horseman, how funny is that show? Narcos. How good is Narcos? Like, Narcos that's is what, good. Yeah. So that's what I pretty much, that's what I bought Netflix for. To Last watch those Kingdom shows. was uh, Netflix, right? Yeah, I think that was a BBC um, Netflix thing. Yeah, that was funny yeah. They're but the thing is, the thing is, um, uh, the 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 way that you're going to judge these two things though is on the non Disney and non Netflix stuff, right? Because I would yeah. say that the content of both of those is not big enough for a draw card. I could be wrong though, um, because it sounds like uh, absolute shit ton of stuff being watched on Netflix is Disney, hence mm. the motivation. But um, I think what's 
it's the, the, the consumer is going to have a choice between user experience and other content because yeah, for sure. Um, at the end of the day, like I don't watch exclusively Disney and I don't watch exclusively Netflix stuff or just watch a whole cavalcade of shit, right? Yeah, and that's to your point though. I mean, it's if you're having to pay forty bucks a month just to see your shows, if you're an honest person, that's what you're going to be doing. Mm. Is that really any better than what you would got with your just your conventional cable package? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure every cable package out there has on demand, and you can just get a movie or TV show whenever you feel like it. But Netflix, um, um, Netflix, uh, I would say they're disruptive, right? Because um, usually, when you've got something that's so good, right, mm. it's like the product life cycle thing where you um, you hit the highest margin you can immediately, and then your mm. margin reduces. So. Mm. The higher the margin is at the start, the more incentive there is for people to come in and basically steal some of your margin with competition. Yeah. So, you know, if someone makes something great, they sell it for a high price because they've monopolized the market, but then someone comes in, halves the price or thirds the price or whatever, um, and then you've got two competitors or whatever. But, um, like, with, with Netflix, it was... From the start, the minute I got Netflix, because I, I, I couldn't get it from the start, only the US could. Um, and I think Australia got it before Malaysia. It it was already like cheap. So yeah, from the beginning, yeah. it was cheap. Then the second thing is, from the beginning, I could easily watch it on an internet browser or as an app, right? And then very recently, they've added uh, the download option, right? So it's almost like Netflix is doing something... Um, which most companies wouldn't, right? Like, most companies wouldn't react unless they could see themselves losing money. Netflix is, like, doing, like, a, a massive run for giving you the best possible experience so that you become loyal to it or you buy it or get used to it or whatever before anyone else comes to the market. And, of course, there's other people in the market now, and it sounds like the first big player is going to be Disney um, to create a true big competitor that people might choose between. But mm. I don't know, like... For me, Netflix is um, their, uh, their, their user experience is already pretty peak, right? It's it's awesome. Well, they I mean, own I, they own the market essentially with what they. Yeah, um, I, I think they've completely conquered the market by being the literally the best as quickly as possible. Mm. Um, but the thing is, obviously, they're they're not um, they're not making money, right? They're uh, still uh, well, still. and that's and that's what it comes down to, right? So what happens is they so they're highly leveraged. They, mm -hmm. they are starting to cancel shows because I think their business model was to grow as fast. They kind of saw what you just mentioned, that market, um, the lifestyle of a market. So, so they wanted it quicker to get the quickest expansions possible by yep. being known for making a premium product. Yep. So they've done that. So they've borrowed heavily to do that. Mm -hmm. And they've now consequently out of that, they've got 100 million subscribers, okay? So let's, oh, let me just get my calculator up. So 100 million... Mm -hmm. um, and what is it? What's what's Netflix like? I'll say fifteen bucks a month. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's ten to fifteen dollars. Yeah, so it's like so one point five bill, like you know, a month or whatever, right? So it's like they're clearly they're the market leaders. But it's going to come to a point where you can't just keep you can't be that leveraged forever. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to retain viewership by sacrificing. Expand like product, right? So by taking by canceling shows like Sensei well, and the Get Down. 
the, like the reason why you can't be leveraged forever, right, I would say, is because for me to convince people to invest in me, I've got to be showing them that my market is still expanding. Correct. So as long as as long as their market is still expanding, and I think I think I read recently that um, I don't know if this has happened yet, but the subscribe they, they divide their subscribers into two um, groups, like U.S. based, mm-hmm. North American based, and the rest. And I think that the rest is now going to be bigger very soon than the uh, North American based. So yeah, you, yeah. you think that you know in Asia and all that, if it's growing like wildfire still, who gives a shit if they're leveraged? Because as an investor, yeah, okay, I might have to. I might. What do you call it when you're investing in like that? That, that um, looking over the dip or something? Yeah, yeah when, yeah. when you know that, like, if I put money into it now, I know that in the very short term I'm probably going to lose, but then in the very long term I'm going to be much better. Mm. I think they're looking at something like that, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to have a different impact on their ability to market themselves as premium online content just because Disney has such a big database of back catalogue of films and TV shows, right? So they got, they got to... And Disney as a corporation is awfully bigger than what Netflix is as a corporation. So I think that's going to be the... Um, that's going to be the, probably the biggest issue. But... Um, I think that they're going to be okay because if you look at that list of shows I, I went off of just a couple of minutes ago, you've got a cartoon, you know what I mean, you've got a, com- a couple of comedies, you've got uh, soap operas, you've got um, horror slash thriller shows, you know what I mean? It's a very diverse... Good diversity, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that their business model would, would be um, to maybe consolidate. They probably have enough data on what shows hit that they can actually yep. start to, you know what I mean, like just pump out shows based on a specific formula that people yeah. like. Yeah. So they're not going to be, you know, they know what works and what doesn't. So I think they're going to be But at the same okay. time, at the same time, now that they've got a serious competitor about to start, they've got to make sure that, um, you know, pumping out shows, if they all suck, it's, 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 they're going to die, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, because it's money and no money back. But Well, um, they actually, um, they acquired rights, or I'm not sure, maybe they actually acquired the company. There's a company called Miller, Miller World. And what they are, they are a, a um, they're pretty much a, 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 um, a comic book company, right? And they make comic books. And they, so I think what they're doing is obviously because Marvel's owned by uh, Disney and DC is owned by um, Warner Brothers slash HBO because Warner Brothers also owns HBO. That they're obviously identifying that they're going to have to go get these sort of like minor third party or like, you know, minor titles so Miller mm-hmm. World their comics were like Wanted um, I can't remember anything off the top of my head Wanted and whatever uh, I think Kick-Ass was their comic as well so they're going to obviously oh really okay. yeah yep. yeah. so they're, they're going to I think try and go for more individual relationships with unique or independent sort of people now which is in my opinion a good thing mm-hmm. and they're probably going to try and avoid being in contract or, or being in beholden to these big corporations because these big corporations um, like Warner Brothers and whatnot will probably just eventually all want to go to their own platform eventually. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it's going to get to a point where it is definitely going to be market saturation and mm-hmm. I definitely think... Um, I'm not sure. I wouldn't say there's a bubble because people always will want to watch TV and in movies. Like that's, I just can't see how that will go away. I don't think it's a bubble. No way. 
No, I don't think it's a bubble, and I don't think Netflix will burst or, or go or default on their loans. Mm-hmm. But I do definitely think that you're right. But more competition generally is better. But I think the market is going to be pretty fragmented, and it might be just. It's going to be pretty hard to justify subscribing to a platform just for one show. So I think Netflix is pretty much safe for for the conceivable future, whilst these other guys catch up and produce more content. Yeah. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, right? I mean, if we get in Star Wars miniseries, fuck it, I'll pay 15 15 bucks for one month to watch the miniseries and then cancel my subscription. Like, what's the big deal, you know? I think think that um, we're lucky as consumers, right? At the moment, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think conventional TV has got a problem though because they they I know in Australia people still watch conventional TV like free to air TV. That's probably the number one sort of service still. But mm. I mean, we do have an aging population, so the baby boomers, you know, once that sort of market transitions to the younger generations, it's definitely going to be all online. No, I can't. I don't even watch free to air. I watch cable for sport and Netflix. Pretty much, there's my main entertainment. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's over for them. It, mm. yeah, you got to be getting out of that now. Anyone yeah. who doesn't get out of it, for sure. It's, uh, it's like it's like buying a, the equivalent would be buying a fucking taxi license. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. With like Uber and Lyft cruising around. Yeah. All right. Well, that's. Uh, I think we'll keep this on brief. I think we've been talking for about an hour, so that's pretty sweet. Um, guys, I have, I've finally gotten around to updating the RSS feed. So that will be on our Twitter account, which is at FMMRPod. That's at FMMRPod. Um, so if you just get the RS, RSS feed and just put it into whatever podcast app um, you're using, uh, it, it works. I know 100% it works with Podcast Addict for those on Android. And we are on iTunes now. So I um, have also got us up on iTunes. So if you use um, iTunes podcast app, you can use us through there. So finally, well, I know I'm slack and I don't really pay much attention to these things, but I finally got my act together. So those two things. Also, we're on Twitter. You can follow us at Twitter. Uh, Rob, you on Twitter yet? Uh, no. <sighs> Do you even tell people that you're on a podcast? Yeah, uh, why Twitter though? Twitter's just gonna silence uh, conservatives like me. <laughs> uh, well, you can still retweet. You can just be there a shell account that all it does is retweet. Hmm. Um, yeah, on Twitter at FMMRPod. Uh, yeah, and also you can just continue listening to us on SoundCloud if you like. Um, that's about it for this week. Until next time, we'll see you later, Rob. Yep, see you later, mate. All right, Bye. before you go, do you want to play some uh, Battlefield? Fubar, whatever it's called. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Battlegrounds. Yeah, right. All right, sweet. All right, Yo. see you, listeners. Bye.